Welcome to the podcast, Most People Don't But You Do, where we share stories and conversations about exceptional people that are going above and beyond. Today's guest is my current intern, Penn State University student. Her name is Maggie Mace. She happens to be a junior, and she's also a Division I athlete. We're excited to be able to chat with her. She's studying hospitality, restaurant management. Am I getting it correct, Maggie? Yeah, it's just now it's hospitality management, but yeah. Okay, HM, hospitality management. And she's done a phenomenal job as an intern. But the reason why I wanted her to be on the podcast is to be able to share some of her story about what does it take to become a division one athlete? What does it take to become successful in the world of gymnastics? And how do you balance all of that and still get good grades? So we're very excited to speak with Maggie. My name is Bart. I'm the founder of a company called Most People Don't. And Maggie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Are you sad that this is going to be your last week being an intern? Yeah, I actually am. I really enjoyed like learning a bunch of different video editing. And I didn't know like before starting this, I didn't know Chad GBT was a thing. And I think a lot of people... A lot of people still probably don't know that chat GBT is a thing. So I'm glad that you, uh, that you shared that and that you helped me out with so many things. And just to highlight, she was my social media marketing intern. And what would you say are the top three things that you were able to learn and contribute? So, like I said, I think learning chat GBT that can do so many things. That was probably one of the major things I learned. Also, how to use Descript was really good and the end task for keeping track of tasks, what I've done, what is in progress and like what's more important than other things. So I think all those websites that we use were really cool. The greatest thing, Maggie, is that I would say 98% of other college students, even if they're into social media and marketing and digital editing and video editing, they probably don't know those tools that you now know. Another really great thing about what I think you did over the last couple of weeks, you showed great proactiveness in communication. You would send me notes, you would send me ideas, and then you did use some creativity with TikTok. I know we kept track of TikTok followers. We kept track of Instagram posts. And then finally, toward the end, you were, I think, feeling even more comfortable with, okay, I understand the concepts of most people don't. Let me add my own spin to it. That's when you... I think maybe was it on a bus, on a travel bus with a team? Yeah, on the bus to regionals, actually. Yeah. So I was thinking about doing a TikTok for a while. That was like, most people don't. Then fill in the blank. What do you do? All my teammates do that most people don't, or some of them. And so when I was on the bus, I was like, everyone's in one spot. So I was like, can you guys help me with a TikTok for my internship? And they're like, yeah, sure. And so yeah, I just went up to people. I gave them the prompt and then they... All came up with some really good things. Yeah. And it was just very fun to see that they, one, they wanted to support you. And two, they had some really good answers, which we're going to get into some of your specific answers too. But Maggie, for our listeners, and we know that this goes out to a lot of different people and everything in the meetings and events and hospitality world, which you're going to be getting into upon graduation, but also people that are thinking about getting into sports. Maybe their kids or maybe themselves are getting into certain types of sports. What does it take to become a division one athlete? So I'd like to start at the beginning. 
and tell us about where you grew up and what were some of your major influencers as people when you were growing up? Okay. I was born in Michigan and like, not like near Ann Arbor. It's like Canton, Michigan. So that was where I was born. And then I lived there and I started gymnastics there at Michigan Academy of Gymnastics. And then when I was six, my dad got a job transfer to Ohio. And so then I had to change gyms, obviously, because we moved. And then I trained at Gym Quest, but then my coach left there. So then I had to go to a new gym. And I went to Cincinnati Gymnastics. And that is where I did the rest of my, so I started there when I was probably like 12. And then I continued there. I graduated from there. So I was there for seven, no, six years-ish. And yeah, I grew up there. Or So I, I basically grew up in Ohio, even though I was born in Michigan. And yeah, I did this thing called tops which is it's not elite but it's like a track show the elite gymnastics route so you do that when you're like 9 10 and 11 it's like a bunch of strength testing and i don't really know how i got picked for that a lot like a few of my friends they just see something in you and then they pick you out and then train you extra and so i guess i didn't really decide i liked it because obviously i wouldn't have done it if i didn't like it but i didn't see that i was like had something special or something my coaches saw it in me so I guess throughout my whole gymnastics career it was like I just thought I was normal but other people saw that there was something just a little bit extra that I could do that I did that not every other gymnast had yeah which is very which is a great lesson and what I'm hearing from you right now it's about being humble in aligning yourself with other people that could see something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself and wanted mm-hmm. to help you grow that talent, that skill, capitalize upon that strength. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Oh, I, I was just summarizing some nice things about you while you're ordering the next <laughs> Some no, person I, came up to me just now and I was like, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm on a podcast that's going out to millions of people. Yeah. No, I said about being humble is one thing. But then aligning yourself with other people that could see something in you that you did not see in yourself. And they were, they wanted to take the strengths and the talents and the skills that you had and develop them either for even further. I wanted to get back, Maggie, to the growing out, the growing up aspect. When do you think you first entered into, is it called a gym when you study gymnastics? What's it called? Where do you go? Oh yeah, your gym. Okay. So when is the first time that you started learning gymnastics? Was that at six years old or was it before that? Oh, no, it was before that. So my sister actually was doing gymnastics, got put in gymnastics before I did. And then my mom would just take me with her because it was easier. And then she quit. So I, at like a young age, she quit it. (laughs) I don't know. She got bored or something. But yeah, so I started at two going into a gym and then I that's like my life I don't know any different okay so two years old exposed to gymnastics it's even hard to remember I'm sure it's hard to remember things from last year let alone when you were two years old but what is your first memory 
of gymnastics? I, there's not really, I think I didn't remember more when I was like older, probably when I started doing like team stuff, but there is this one picture that like sticked out to me. It's me and my sister are like pros and then they like photoshopped it to be like a magazine cover. And we're just like, she's probably like four or five and I'm like three or two or something. And we just look really cute because we're like in the cards and there's where they like posed us, but we don't know what we're doing. But yeah, that's like my earliest like memory of that picture that I have. That's like the thing I think about is like the earliest. Okay. And how much older is your sister than you? She's two years older. Baby. Okay. So she started getting into gymnastics. And do you know why your parents, you just referenced your mother taking you to practice as an example. Do you know why they thought gymnastics would be a good thing? Were either of your parents gymnasts? No, I honestly have no, I have no idea. I really can tell you. Maybe my mom did dance, but I don't. And I know my sister, she, after she stopped doing gymnastics, my sister danced, but yeah, I honestly don't know why. I, I could probably ask. I feel like that's actually a good question. That's a great question. Are you kidding me? And whenever you share this yeah. podcast, they're going to be like embarrassed to say, oh, Maggie, you should have known that answer. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm curious, right? So if your sister got involved with it and then you got involved with it, maybe it started off, and don't take offense to this, tumbling class, like at two years old, isn't it more about oh, yeah. tumbling and learning how to walk and jump? Yeah, it was probably, right? yeah, it was probably just like a energy release, go run around, go, yeah. if you're going to slip and jump and you might, you might as well do it somewhere like safe. Oh, you didn't freeze up, did you? All right, Maggie. I know it's me. All right. You froze up there. Are you back? Yeah. Okay. You had shared that maybe it was a safe place to run around and jump. And you right. had coaches yeah. there. You had people that would watch after you. Okay. At what point do you think that you started to really love it? At two years old, you weren't really given a choice. It was something that you were going to do. Your mom dropped you off. Your sister was doing it. Go have fun for an hour and I'll sit over here and watch. When do mm -hmm. you think that you start enjoying it? I think when I started moving really fast, like going the coach, there's like levels. So there's four. I don't know why they, no, no, there's level three, but there's not usually one and two for some reason. But then like you start on level three and then you compete a season, you go to level four and you compete a season, you go to level five. So there was like a point when I was like, you have to be at least six to compete in level four. And I was five and they wanted me to do level four. So my mom was like, are you sure? She literally can't compete. They're like, yeah, but we want her to be on the team for at least a year. She's ready. She can hang with these older people. So I guess it was when I started like learning new stuff at a fast pace and I wasn't bored and I was just always learning something new. And I was like, I want to see what else I can do. I want to see what else I can do. So. That was, it was probably like as soon as I joined team or they wanted me on like the actual team that I started to be like actually loved. And then I started to love competing too when I was, and this was, I was young, but I was probably like eight when I really decided I was like, I really like competing. I like seeing how fast I can learn new things. I like learning new things. I like yeah. the endless potential, like all that stuff. Yeah. 
Now, does that apply to your schooling and to you in general? The statement about, I always like pushing myself in learning new things. Yeah, for sure. People always say that. My mom was saying that about me today. Um, it was like, she said something like, you've always been like ahead, like one step ahead of like all the people your age and what you're doing. Like I graduated early from high school even. Yeah. In a, yeah. Cause I'm about to be a senior and I'm only 20 or not even 20 yet. So I think it's crazy. I forget that I'm young, but yeah. Yeah. No, and congratulations. That's really cool to have that characteristic of wanting to push yourself, wanting to learn, wanting to do more. Okay. It sounds like when you were eight years old or so, when you were getting accolades, when you were getting put on a team, you saw that camaraderie. Was that also a good thing? Was that, is that, was that another reason besides you wanting to push yourself to learn how powerful was the impact of being on a team? Do you remember that? Back then it was just like having fun with my friends. It wasn't really like the team aspect. I didn't really understand the team aspect until I came to college because it switches it massively from an individual sport to a team sport. But yeah, back then I liked going and hanging out with my friends and that, that was like, those are my, were my best friends at that time. And like each team I'm, I've been on, like those become my best friends. So I feel like that helped me learn teamwork, but I didn't, and like what teamwork and camaraderie was, but not until college, I don't think I actually learned to lean on my teammates and like everyone plays a part and, and yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but I also found that rather unusual about you. So since we've been working together and sadly your internship is coming to a close, but I would ask you, how did you do? And your immediate answer was the team had the best results overall that we've ever had at a regional event. The team won, the team won. And then I kept on pushing you, Maggie, how did you do? Well, the team did this and the team, I'm did you have a chance to compete? Yeah, I competed or I didn't compete. How did you do? I did well. What does that mean? And then I had to look it up to find that it was your personal best. Is that naturally you that you are less braggadocious, that you are less self-consumed and more oriented toward the team? Or were those just nice answers that you were given your friend here? No, I think I've definitely always been more like aware of my surroundings and I always do better personally when I'm like focused outward. Yeah, I've just naturally been one to get out because when I get in my own head, I like get worse. I get stressed and anxious and nervous and overthink. So when I focus my energy on the team and how I can help other people, it helps me do better because I'm not overthinking about myself so much. Do you realize that just summarized the whole philosophy of most people don't? It, it really does. When you have to, when you get out of your own head and when you give to other people and you do for others, the simple statement of most people don't do that, but that's what makes you unique and that's what makes you special. Thank you for that. Thank are, you, you. are you embarrassed now a little bit? No, you're not. No. Okay. 
All right. So here we go. We, I just want to get back to a couple other thoughts with regard to people that are listening. I'll share with you quickly my experience of many high school kids that were like growing up same time as my son and my daughter. And they thought, you know what? My son's friend is going to be a professional tennis player, right? We're going to groom him for that. And we're going to take him to all the camps. We're going to get him, buy him the best lessons and the best equipment. And what ended up happening, great kid, got a scholarship. By the time he got to college, his first year, he was burnt. He was so done with playing the sport. What advice would you have for people that are growing up now, let's say junior high, middle school, high school, that are so focused on the next step, the next level? What advice would you give to them? I would say it's not all about like the end goal, even though that seems obviously that's what's driving you, but each like step towards that goal is an individual accomplishment in and of itself. And if, if you just keep like thinking about, oh, I'm not there yet. I haven't gotten an offer yet. I haven't done this skill yet. You're going to miss all the things you did accomplish in growing up, like winning your regional or winning your state or being even just like personal bests and stuff like that. You're going to miss that. If you're so focused, you're going to just be disappointed if you're not getting what you want, that all these great things that you're actually doing, you're going to just miss it. And then if you don't have anything positive to look back on or look at, there's nothing in it. You, if you see positivity, I feel like it brings more positivity back to you. So if you skip that, like you're just going to be miserable and you're going to be burnt out. So I feel like just enjoying each little accomplishment and then eventually the long-term goal come faster because you're not really focused on it. Yeah, and it should take care of itself. You're now summarizing, enjoy the journey. It's mm. not always about the destination. You have to enjoy the journey. How did you learn that, Maggie? I think when I was in club, my coach was very much, we did a lot of sports psychology. So like every Saturday, we would start practice with some sports psychology and stuff. So I've always been very focused on what my mind is doing. But that, and I like would listen to it and now I'd observe it, but I never really applied it and thought it was real or whatever. But then going through sports and being an athlete, especially like growing up, I've gotten hurt a lot and I've had a lot of like struggles. Nothing has ever really been that easy for me. I learned to see the positives in every time that something tries to hold me back. And that's really now I just do it naturally. I'm just like, what have I done today? What was the best part of my day today? What helped me get better today? And yeah. And that's a very professional, mature way of thinking at 19. Am I right? 19? Yeah. Incredible. You should be very proud. And I know you'll share this with your family and friends, but they're, they should also be proud of how they have contributed to you and who you have become. You mentioned a little bit about obstacles. Nothing has ever come easy for you or to you. Can you share some of your challenges that you've had and how you've been able to overcome them? Yeah, I'll just, whatever the you ones want that stick out to, yeah. okay, the ones that stick out to me the most is since I came to college. So my senior year of high school or like my graduating, when I graduated, I 
didn't do junior year, senior year, however you want to look at it. But that was 2020. So that was COVID year. So I didn't get to come to college as the normal freshman would. I had to, didn't get to come in the summer to train. And then everything was online my freshman year classes. My orientation was online. Like it was terrible. And then, so you usually come and train in the summer and then it helps to get acclimated for the fall and preseason or whatever. And I didn't get that. So then when we started preseason, my class was like, we were a wreck. We were overworked. We were burnt out. We were, didn't know how to balance classes and practice and like living away from home. So that was hard in of itself. And then right when we started season, I ruptured my Achilles mm. before my first meet freshman year. So then I was immediately taken out before I even got to start. And then though so during COVID, I was 17. I ruptured my Achilles. I was missing my whole season. And then I had to come back from that, obviously. And then I just had like aches and pains and stuff that had taken me out of training. So I really had to learn to lean more on the type of person and teammate I was than like how I could contribute athletically. That was like probably the biggest, my freshman year into that whole sophomore year is probably the biggest obstacle I think I should overcome. Yeah. And well done for overcoming it. Did you get a scholarship? So you, were you recruited? Okay. So yeah. here you are, you're 17 years old. You finished high school early. You're getting a scholarship opportunity to go to school at Penn State. So one, it's out of state. Two, it's division one, incredible school. And then it's COVID, it's online learning, it's delays. And then you hurt your Achilles tendon. Yeah. So a bunch of crappy stuff, right? Yeah. Just, not, just not easy. And yeah. Yeah, I'm sure for your teammates either, but you were the one that got injured. You're away from yeah. home for the first time and you get injured. What do you say to yourself to get over that and to manage that? It was really hard for me. And my coach, she, I remember she asked me immediately, like when I was on the training table, she was like, what is going through your head right now? And the first thing I said, I was like, I'm sorry. Like I didn't contribute. Like you recruited me to contribute. I didn't get to. And she said, Literally, your tendon is ripped apart. Like, why are you thinking about that right now? Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. So then she like helped me. She was like, you, like, we recruited you here for your athletics. Yeah, but we also like the kind of person you were. And that kind of just helped me relax a little bit and know Well, my airport though. Yep, I can still hear you. <laughs> that helped me to relax and know like, I wasn't, because I was also like, oh my God, is my scholarship going to get taken? Like I, I didn't, I can't help this, whatever. So that helped me know, like I, they actually liked me for the kind of person I was. And that helped me like slow down and not worry so much and just take recovery really slowly and come back stronger. Yeah. And also a lot of challenges at 17. My, so my takeaway, my lesson and the lesson I think that our listeners are taking is that you were surrounding yourself with the right people, that the coaches did not make you feel bad. They weren't putting extra pressure on you. They're just saying, look, focus on getting better. We selected you. And in the business world, we hired you because of the person that you are. And you are more than just performing on the uneven bars. You are a contributor. 
your motivation, your inspiration, your friends, you lead by example, you set the tone, you do so many other things. Really great that you uncovered that and you discovered that at such a young, it's still at such a young age. Okay. So that was your freshman year, right? So let's go into your sophomore year. Are you recovered? Have you recovered physically at that point? This episode of podcast, most people don't, but you do, is brought to you by Cozy Fo. If you're looking for the softest and most comfortable faux fur blankets, look no further than Cozy Fo. They're dedicated to providing top quality products in beautiful packages, making you the star of gift giving or the recipient of true gratitude. Cozy Fo offers a wide range of products, including robes, scarves, throws, baby blankets, and pet blankets, in addition to their signature blankets. These Cozy Faux throws have been handmade using the finest luxurious faux fur since 2007, and each one is proudly made in the USA. Cozy Faux also believes in giving back. For every 20 blankets sold, they donate one to unitedharmony.org to help those in need stay warm and cozy. Visit their website at CozyFaux.com to see what makes this company so special. Don't settle for anything less than the best when it comes to comfort and style. Choose Cozy Faux today. Yeah, so after, so I had surgery on my Achilles February of my freshman year. So then by September, like preseason of my sophomore year, I was like training full go again. I was tumbling, doing being in bars. And then I would still have, I was like fine for a while. But then once the training started like amping up for season, my ankles and feet and shins would like wear down. And I would have to modify and that would push me farther behind. So then I just, my coaches and I came to the conclusion that it was best that I just do bars because that's my best event and they didn't want anything I did on the other two to take me out of competing when they needed me to contribute on bars. So I have just been doing bars for my sophomore and junior year, but I'm like, my body feels good. like I'm healthy. My ankles and feet are fine. Yeah. It's just, I know if I do more pounding, mm. it, it won't be good. So I just yes. do bars and then condition it, stay in shape. And, yeah. But yeah. Okay. And how do you support your team? Give me some examples of what do you do to support your teammates? So we did this thing as a team at the beginning of last year i don't know if you've heard of it they're called disc profiles yes so we did those and my there's only two people on my team me and this other girl that are s's for our personality so that's like supportive caring like you're very in tune like i said with what's going on around you like people feel like they can come to you so i think it's really cool that there's only two of us on the team and so the other people on the team that need that I feel like I'm a good person to come to when they need to vent about gymnastics, about life, about school, about anything, because I listen and I'll comprehend and I'll try to give advice as a neutral party. So being a, a good teammate is more than just performing and getting a 9.7 on the bars. Being a good teammate is more than that. And I know. I would continue to push you. How did you do last weekend? Again, you would tell me about the team. And then I was always hesitant to ask you, did you have a chance to compete? Did you compete? Because that's what I wanted to know. Did you compete, Maggie? And you were not always forthcoming with wanting to give me 
that answer. And I'm not sure why, because I would feel bad asking you. I don't want to ask you and make you feel bad because you're like, oh, I didn't compete. And you've never been that way. You've never been that way. Are, do you realize that you answer that question in a very positive manner, whether you competed or didn't compete? Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I think we're always like, I feel like as gymnasts, we're always smart to not hide our emotions, but like you got to control them. If I, obviously like I'm upset when I don't get to contribute like physically or at, like compete to the count toward the team sport, but there's, I, there's like times that I do. So I don't know. I just feel like there's accomplishments and like good things when you do compete and then there's good things when you don't. So I think I just pick on those and then. Yeah. Okay. Do you want, and you have no idea, 19 years old to come up with and have that philosophy. It's very unique. Don't lose that. Don't lose that approach because whenever you enter into the hospitality world, and you become a senior vice president of something, make sure that you're teaching other people that you're bringing up and that you're mentoring, that it's about how you contribute in different ways. You might be the Rockstar star salesperson, but you might be the Rockstar star service person. You could play different roles, but you're still contributing to the team. Okay. Just a few more questions for you, Maggie. And again, I think this is good learning for all of our listeners. How are you able to maintain a balance between school, athletics, family, fun, friends? How do you find that balance? I don't think I figured that out until the beginning of like fall of this year. It took me like, like I said, freshman year was like a mess, COVID online, like scheduled or weird or whatever. Then I think sophomore year was like my freshman year trying to figure that out. Um, but then this year I really got into a good rhythm. Of, I think it comes down to also picking your schedule. We have our like support staff, academic advisors, mentors, all those things that help you come, that help you pick a good schedule that fits your training schedule. That's also not crammed. So you never have, so they make sure you have spare time. We also have study hall hours. We have this place, Morgan Academic Center. So we, when you're a freshman, they require hours, but after that, they don't. But I like going there anyway because I get work done there and I feel productive. And then, so I usually go there. That helps me get my work done. And then when I'm out of there, I try not to think about school. So, like when I'm in the gym, I think about gym. When I'm at Morgan doing homework, I think about work. And then when I'm out, I try not to think about any of that. Like when I'm just at home, I don't have to do any of that. So, yeah. I think it's the places I go helps me like compartmentalize. And yeah. And again, that's another great lesson because a lot of people in the professional workplace, they, when they're at work, often they're thinking about being at home and sadly, when they get home, they're thinking about what they need to do at work. That doesn't allow them to live in the present, to be where your feet are. So another very good lesson about you are able to compartmentalize where you are based on your environment in this situation to enjoy and focus in on doing those things. Because if you're spinning upside down, is that a good term? If you're doing one of those things and you're spinning on the bar, you can't be thinking about a friend that's mad at you or a test that you have the next day. You need to be fully focused. 
So now that you've learned all of these things from sports and you will be finishing in May as a junior, correct? Yeah. So next year you'll be a senior, yet you have more eligibility. What do you want to do when you graduate from Penn State? I want to work in sports, <laughs> graduating as an athlete, and then I want to get back more involved in sports somehow. There was a gymnast who graduated from here. She works for Marriott, I think, mm -hmm. and she like coordinates like professional sports teams stays at Marriott when they travel yeah. or like working in events for a professional football team or something like that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. No. But yeah. Yeah, there's so many opportunities, right? There are so many opportunities. And that's another lesson. Use your resources when you're ready. Obviously, you're going to use me as a resource, me as a reference, me as a mentor. But then look at the alumni, the people that are finished from Penn State that are going to take your calls. They're going to say, oh, yeah. So I was also a Division One athlete at Penn State. Let me help you. Let me guide you which is just so much fun. I got a, a note from a gentleman that I played volleyball with when I went to Penn State. And he's thinking about hiring me to present to his, his immediate team that he leads. So it's just, it's, it's helpful, right? There's the power of Penn State, which I know you certainly appreciate it. Last question for you. Fill in the blanks or the blank. From your perspective, most people don't. What? I think most people don't truly understand like how much your thoughts like dictate your life and people can hear about it all the time especially with tiktok and social media and stuff i think people they sit there and they listen but they don't actually like truly believe it and i think once you truly believe it that's when you can see a difference yeah and do you in what thoughts go through your mind what do you truly believe about yourself? I truly believe that if there's, if I put out positivity and good energy into the universe, then I just let it. <laughs> I just let it. Like I can't do anything else about it. So I yeah. put out good into the universe and just hopefully and believe that good is going to come back. Yeah. And it is. And it is. It continues to come. Good things continue to come to you. And it does remind me about the one TikTok posting that you did for us, for most people don't. And it was about the positive thinking. And it was the average person has 60,000 thoughts a day, 95% of them are repetitive and 80% of them are negative. And we mm -hmm. share when I present, and you know this because you recorded part of it or you edited part of it, that if you change those thoughts that come into your mind every single day, if you don't have 80% of them being negative, Change that to positive. So I am, mm -hmm. I am strong. I am a kind person. I'm capable. I'm abundant. I believe. Right? Things come easy to me. If you say those types of words, things are going to happen differently for you. That posting did extremely well because that's the sense of what people need. Now, granted, my TikTok followers are different than my LinkedIn followers or different than my Facebook followers. But the message that you identify it as being important, you put out there to the universe as part of most people don't. And it did really well with the receptiveness. I think that's a really key point, Maggie, that the more positive that you can be, 
the good thoughts that you're thinking, the more positive things are going to come back to you. So outstanding. Cannot thank you enough, Maggie Mace, M-A-C-E. And if people would like to get in touch with you, what, how are you listed on LinkedIn? Is um, it as- my LinkedIn? Yeah. I think it's Maggie Mays. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm just al- look up my name. Yeah. I'm almost positive. And that's probably the best way for people to be able to connect with you. Right. Maggie Mays. Not only are you a most people don't social media intern, division one athlete, getting things done, finishing, finishing things early, pushing herself beyond most expectations being kind and supportive to others. I know your future is going to be very bright. Maggie, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for doing some excellent work over the past number of weeks. Keep doing Maggie Mace, Penn State University Division One athlete and social media intern extraordinaire. Thank you. Yeah.